You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. I'm She-Wolf. And I am Beatrix Gravesguard. We'll be casting witchy vibes and sonic spells until 6 p.m. So gather around, light a candle, and levitate with us. You just heard Roy Ayers with Liquid Love. Before that, Hugh Masakella with Child of the Earth. Starting off our show today with Sun Ra with I Am Strange. Hello, it's Sagittarius season. <laughs> it's a beautiful season. I always think of the season as like one of the most kind of like, it's kind of like sandwiched between times where people leave town. It's kind of a, has a tendency to be kind of a busy and flaky season. I really like to sink into that and just not do anything, you know? Yeah. Like ignore everything that's like holiday themed. I'm in a deep ignoring season and it feels great. Yeah. I'm in a very uh like internal excavation liminal liminal season, liminal gotta, space. Got to dig it out, you know. Sometimes yeah. you got to just dig. Um I did yeah. a lot of uh speaking of excavation and I I would also like to mention the words, you know, like discovery and understanding which have these roots that have to do with like going underground which is uh, I came to that through Robert McFarlane yeah uh, in Underland which I finished a couple weeks ago over the recent break I read two more books that are kind of like on the same ooh what'd you read like uh, wavelength I read first uh, David Wallace Wells um the uninhabitable earth life oh, after warming yeah i've heard and I've then heard i read the over story oh what do you think Richard you've Powers. been talking about a lot yeah it's like i was trying to describe it to my cousin who's a big tree person and loves trees she kind of like we walk around and she's like identifies all these trees and she's from New Zealand and she was like it's amazing how many trees you have here that are just like the trees in New Zealand and trees are something that takes a really long time and I was like oh I should read this book it's kind of like if you were to read an epic romance novel mm. but the Ugh. subject <laughs> yes. was trees I enjoyed it I don't read a whole lot of fiction yeah um I think it was a little too romantic for me in some places, but I did enjoy what it was trying to do, which is this sort of like, you know, for some, just having information is not enough to change the way you see the world. For some, you need a romance novel, other kinds of stories, you know? Yeah, a story, yeah, like humans love stories Um, and... It that actually, was sort of like the underlying theme, right? There was the character that was like, you know, having data, having information is not enough for a lot of people. And we've seen that happen um, in politics where if a story is more powerful, even though it's like fake news, it'll kind of be the thing that people attach themselves to instead of data. And I think uh, one of the characters says this, who's, who's, a, uh, who's a social s- psychologist, says this. And then, like, that becomes the kind of, like, meta 
lesson of her mm-hmm. book is like maybe reading about the the plight of the earth in facts is not enough maybe you need an epic novel a story form to kind of move you into changing the way you see trees yeah it completely uh just as for, as a writer that book kind of blew my mind in terms of what he was doing i mean i agree that like it was un- unwieldy or you know long in parts or you know maybe over overwrought in some in some i don't think i didn't think it was too long um i yeah i i think it was more that yeah i'm a little cold-hearted when it comes to romance (laughs) and yeah i I was just like oh but it inspired me it's what inspired me to pitch uh an essay about what i find to be one of the most beautiful love stories uh in nature which is the love story between joshua trees and the yucca moth they one uh they can only be with each other essentially Mm -hmm. um one moth one tree million-year-old love story uh so i wrote a whole love story about it and i think it's coming out in like the next week or two in the human ex nature magazine it's so monogamy normative (laughs) (laughs) it is i mean it's a very codependent uh love i had to do with so much i went went back to uh uh my favorite etymology and entomology uh entomology museum um and got to look at weird uh, moth tentacles under like one of the highest powered microscopes in all of mm-hmm. science. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Um, I'm reading a book right now that I really is kind of blowing my mind, but I can only sort of like read it in small sips because it like punches me in the face mm. <laughs> every time I read it. It's called The Untethered Soul. Oh, yeah. Have you read this? Uh, my sister talks about it all the time. Really? What is yeah. your sister? I'm really curious. I don't know anybody else who's read it. Um, um, but I kind of do another, want to. another couple of friends of ours, I've noticed it on their shelves recently. Oh, um, it's like, it's not like a new book no, either. No, I think it's like pretty um, established in the sort of mindfulness realm of books. I, I think my sister talks, my sister talks about it a bunch. She's very into uh like self-improvement okay. and um and she reads a lot of books in in kind of that vein it's yeah. a strange i'm like i'm trying to notice the ways i react to this book because it makes me weirdly angry mm. but i'm like really what are the parts that make you angry like <laughs> that like the things that he's i i appreciate this book so far i'm only about halfway through i'm like a little I don't know if burned out is the right word. I'm oversensitive to things that are like overly woo mm. or full of like weird self-help new age jargon. Like sure, I started yeah. re- reading this other thing and it kept talking about like energetics and expanders. And I was like, I cannot stand this jargon. I cannot like, I just cannot. I'm mostly just unsure <laughs> what it means. But exactly. I'm like, I'm just like, just say what you mean. Like, don't, don't make up weird words to like, make this mm. like it starts to veer into like weird cult language to me vibes yeah exactly yeah. anyways but the thing about the untethered we're soul, all about the witchy vibe i guess but yeah I guess, yeah but i just i'm like allergic to weird to any kind of like jargon really i'm yeah. just like say what you mean um anyway so the untethered soul like 
on cover would like not be a book I would normally be into. It was like written by a guy who's like uh, maybe, I don't know, a yoga person. I'm not into yoga. I'm going to say that right now. Um, Meditation teacher. Yeah. And like I'm horrible at meditating. Like it's just not a book that I would normally be drawn to. But somebody recommended it to me. And it's so plainly matter-of-factly written in a very like almost in-your-face way and it it's prescribed as like these things that are very simple and I think I get angry because it's like things that I really deeply struggle with Mm. and so to have somebody be like actually you can just do x and I'm like no no I cannot but I'm like but then I really think about it I'm like well why can't I you know so there's something like about and again, as like a writer, I'm fascinated by it because there's something about the structure <coughs> of the writing um, that I'm intrigued by because I've not encountered a book like this written in this way. But it's a lot. Of, there's a lot in it that I I'm like, oof, this is hard to hear, mm. or this is hard to see this in myself because I know it's there, mm-hmm. and I know that I have this tendency. And like his sort of premise is like you know in a lot of ways like we are really responsible for our thoughts and we're responsible for our feelings you know but we we tend to project onto others like those feelings or those thoughts like you made me feel x um or i think this because you did x and Hmm. and he is sort of positing like you're actually far more in charge yeah of your reaction to things and you I believe want that. to believe I do too yeah. and I've always and I always known that and I think like when I was in therapy that was something I became more aware of I think one of the benefits of therapy is it like uh and this is a dramatic metaphor but like are you aware of like a um uncertain like bridges they put up like a suicide barrier so like just that or that sort of like extra 30 seconds it would take somebody to like think about do I want to do this mm-hmm. uh, like by the same token a lot of so it's like it delays your reaction delays your reaction you, you can observe yeah the reaction first yeah yeah and so like I think that's like maybe the biggest benefit I learned in therapy mm-hmm. and it would mm-hmm. feel sort of helpless initially where you're like wait I see myself reacting but I feel powerless to change it but I'm aware that I'm doing it and that's like a really uncomfortable <laughs> zone to be in and then after a while you get a little bit better like okay I want to react the way that I always do do I need to react this way and then you know it's kind of a slow undoing anyway so his yeah this book the untethered soul kind of expands on it I'm only halfway through I don't know I mean but I haven't I haven't had this like reaction to a book in a really long time where it equally makes me angry but I'm aware that the anger is because it's true and there's something I don't want to see <laughs> <laughs> in it. <laughs> uh, like, damn it. I feel that. Um, I mean, do you do you feel that the book is like, does the book kind of like evangelize a way of being? And I don't mean that in a in a bad sense. Like, is it is it sort of like. Is it um, a sort of like set of directives versus like, here's just um, how brains work and take it or leave it and do what you want from it? Or is it is it more like action oriented? Um, I, 
it's kind of a both. Mm. Um, I mean, it's written, I think, from like pretty Buddhist principles. So it is sort of like, well, do with it what you will. But like, for example, um, and again, and there must have the way he writes it because this the first section I was like laughing hysterically. And the first part, he's just getting you to recognize how the inner voice you have is like literally a voice. Oh yeah, and my sisters told me about this part. Yeah, where he's like, but who's listening to the voice? And he's like, think about it. He's like, and it's not even necessarily like the inner critic. He's like, he's like, for a minute, try this. It's your roommate, right? Yeah, he's like, he's like, imagine you live with this person and they're always on the couch and they won't fucking shut up. And they're like, oh man, did you turn off the lights downstairs? Like, you probably could do that right now. But, like, uh, why don't you wait till this, like, show's over? And then it's like, oh, but, you know, then you're going to run up the li-. He's like, imagine, he's like, you would think this person was insane because they would just never stop uh. talking. And he goes, and every time it talks, it draws your attention to the thing. But you have, like, really, you, you feel like you have no control mm-hmm. over this voice. But you're spending so much time paying attention to all the stupid shit it says to you. Yeah. Um. But he, his sort of, goal is to make you be he's like but who's he goes but that that implies that there's another part of you that that listens to the voice so who is that part of you yeah and like how do you not identify with the voice that does sound very meditation oriented i've been meditating a a lot recently um it's been helping my sleep quite a bit oh that's really good to hear i've been doing um some of yumi uh sukagawa's classes and she always mm. starts with that meditation she did at our event with yeah. the golden egg yolk yeah I, always, over your head. I really like that one i always think about how uh when we had sarah fontaine on the show uh a few seasons ago um she says that a thing that a lot of people say to her as a meditation teacher is that they're just not they don't feel good at it they're not improving at it that it's like it's not they're not seeing results Mm. you know and i remember um her response to that was really really useful for me which is that it's kind of like every time you show up it's a different situation you know it's like the it's the practice and the process and it's not so much the like the result or getting good at it. I mean, we're like <laughs> capitalists, so we're like all about getting good at stuff or and we're all about like improvement and seeing a growth line or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. But like <laughs> isolating it to like every time you approach it, it's like a brand new thing. Yeah. That's is, um, at it. And that like whatever it is that builds up over time is like maybe just going to be invisible until you like one day you realize that it has kind of shifted i don't know i don't i try not to like do a progress report type thing (laughs) which is which really helps because it's you know you you just kind of like you just show up see what happens um i've i feel like it it helps a lot with those like really discomforting bodily sensations that you have that sometimes like maybe it's like a reaction to something or just like a, a discomfort that you have to kind of like yeah. let flow through you i think yumi also talks a lot about this like letting the the discomfort and resistance kind of flow through you 
yeah. and seeing if that like That's gives true. rise to, um, you know, maybe an, a new way to like, instead of like damming it up, just being like, okay, just, just tear through me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if that gives rise to a new kind of like resistance to, de- to dealing, dealing with the bad thoughts, bad feelings, or like the things that you don't want to sure. sit with, you know, just like. Befriend your demons, as she says. Yes. We're going to talk a bit more about Yumi uh, in our next talk break, but uh, let's do some moon talk. We're in a first quarter in Pisces. This is from the Astrological Grimoire. Available uh, at a bookseller near you. Yeah. If you're local, it's uh, you can find it at Scarlet Sage. It's so weird local. that that book came out this year. That feels like 20 years ago. It was 20 years ago <laughs> that that book came out. <laughs> how, how did everything, Wait, all this happen in those 20 years year? ago in April. Jesus. <laughs> uh, okay. First quarter in Pisces. Try not to hold yourself back from your impulses toward vulnerability. Try not to doubt your open heart or your warm faith in yourself. You already know the best things about yourself, even if the world tries to cram you with doubt. You know which way your heart naturally turns toward what's right and true. Trust these urges. Feed them with bravery. It might make your emotional muscles ache, but in a way that shows that you are getting stronger and braver. Draw a comic of yourself in the most courageous moments. Draw it in your head, even. Draw the antagonist and evil villains you slay, even if they were just thoughts, feelings, or strangers on the bus. How can seeing a different perspective of yourself show you something new and true? Oof, I needed to hear that. Yeah, thanks, former me. You can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. This is uh, some more music. Daughters of Reykjavik with Sweets. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm. Þú veist það betur en okkur 
fyrir neitt annað allir bak í bak hérna Þú brosir til mín tek í höndina Ætla leiða þig á eftir mér eitthvað um að vera Minna spyrja hvað þú heitir Betra veit að þó við höfum sleffist að deiti Eitthvað við tróningin tekur ítan og annars stilangar að láta snarta mig og hér ert þú Fyrir en var þið komin tími til að fara út af staðnum Við vitum bæði og þurfum ekki að veiði það orðum Búin að brjóta allan ís áður enn á hreyfin dofna Og tagur ís Sitt meira bensín á eldin, smýmir undir fellin Hef mig alla inn í satin, silki drái bara vera þín Þú og ég og snáka vín í bellin, kerti friði vín Jarðaberir á fljóandi, dæpir þú minn alla dín Allt í móðu heiti sviti, þvali líka mar og skýri liti Draumur eða talsín byði um að klípa mig Stórar hendur, ég vil meira, ekki hætta, ég vil meira, meira, meira Og meira, ég vil bara vera þín My room is out of town TV broke down You wanna stick around Choppers go get me a zip Sketches looking like Balenciaga Thrift clothes looking like the Prada Whole fit lit, it cost me nada Bitches always talking, I give them all nada I'm so fly, I don't even try I get so high, I can't touch the sky Dress for myself, I don't dress for a hype I dress for myself, you dress for the lives I take a sip, sip apple juice I know I'm fly, I know I'm cute Bitches cloud chasing, they act hella rude My priorities straight, I don't know about you Is that Vermont, Yves Saint Laurent? Is it off-white or calm, the garçon? My imagination, I do what I want If I look broke, cause I don't give a fuck Is that Chanel or basic as hell? Is that retail or is that resale? I look so fly, you can't even tell They all spending money, I just get it free, yeah Sketches looking like Balenciaga Thrift clothes looking like the Prada It cost me nada Bitches always talking, I give them all nada I'm so fly, I don't even try I get so high, I can't touch the sky Dress for myself, I don't dress for a hype I dress for myself, you dress for the lies 
Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Jungle Pussy with Spiders. Before that was Princess Nokia with Balenciaga. Starting off that set was Daughters of Reykjavik with Sweets. So we mentioned earlier that we'd be spending a little bit of time talking about Jupiter and Capricorn. I think it moved into Capricorn mm, a couple days ago. It was in Sagittarius for about a year. Which is its home. Its home, yep. And we're in a Sagittarius sun right now. And I think um, Mercury is about to move into Sagittarius, but we also have a lot of planets in Capricorn right now. So um, in addition to Jupiter, uh, which is a planet that uh, is associated with growth, resilience, optimism, vision, wisdom, and, and kind of like change and luck. And it's generally kind of positive, uh, a positive kind of planet. Um, we also have Venus, uh, which is, you know, associated with love and relationships and beauty and self-worth. Uh, Pluto, which is kind of empowerment and destiny, kind of life path. And Saturn, um, which we talk about a lot in uh, with respect to the Saturn return, it's it's um, a planet that is around uh, challenges and commitment and uh, discipline, which is also uh, Capricorn's natural planet. 
uh, Venus, Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter right now, four planets in Capricorn. So it's a very kind of um, heavy and serious time. Um, so Capricorn, this is a sign associated with ambition and achievement, uh, but it doesn't get there through luck, which is uh, something that is associated with Jupiter. It gets there through hard work, time, discipline, and perseverance. So this is a time for growth and change through discipline and experience. Also, uh, plug and shout out for Yumi Sukagawa's newest online course, which is about uh, dis creative discipline. Yeah, and I've highlighted a couple Yumi Sakugawa things to talk about in a bit. She has a series on her Instagram called Discipline is Pleasure, and I'll read a few of those. I think we read one um, two weeks ago mm -hmm. on our last show. I might reread it because it's a really powerful spell. Um, but yeah, more about Jupiter in Capricorn. This is a time of a lot of effort with uh, maybe a delayed result. This time teaches patience in slow transformation. So things are happening kind of under the surface. Yeah. You might not be able to detect it. It might not be for a while. You might be planting the seeds for months, years to come. So, um, and if you are like an impatient or impetuous person, I would invite you to like think back in the times in your life where like you have put in the hard work in which you didn't get any immediate rewards from it but are we able to see later on like if your future self was like damn thank you former self like yeah, you lined is, that up for me yeah this is not a time for instant gratification yeah. or even like close uh gratification in in like um a close time scale so i also invite you to kind of feel through the discomfort that knowing that might make you <laughs> might bring up in your body yeah that like this whatever you're working on right now seems like it has either no end no end in sight or it might not be for much reason or it might feel like it's um you know that it that it's a whole lot of work for a whole <laughs> like very little reward. Or I, like I invite a, you to, yeah. to sit through that resistance, yeah. sit through that discomfort. Or like an uncertain outcome, you know? Like I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm so grateful to be older <laughs> than I used to be because I'm like, oh man, I've accumulated so many more experiences in which I did something that felt like a risk or uncertain or I didn't know, I was investing a lot in what I wasn't sure what the outcome was going to be and it was maybe painful or hard to see in the moment and I'm like damn I'm so glad that I slogged through that what that was because the the things that I that benefited me in the long term were so worth it and like I'm I've really been thinking it's so this is so fascinating that to me that like we're entering into this astrological time because I felt this big shift over the last few weeks of like very inward turning and introspective and like I'm like oh I'm in a I'm in an ingestion phase where I just want to be reading a lot and learning a lot um and starting to be really deliberate and intentional because I I'm planning like some pretty 
big shifts in the next year and different aspects yeah. of my life. And I'm, and, and I'm aware of like the effort that it, that's going to take in order for it to have like the outcome that I'm looking for. And I think the me of 10 years ago would be like, whatever, just like jump into the abyss and figure it out when you get there. And I'm like, oh man, it's great that I've like accumulated enough wisdom and experience by this point to like be like, okay, you want to get to point Z. What's all this stuff you're going to have to. Yeah. I want to also note that like, this might be a time where your goals feel pretty clear, but the only obstacle in your way is doing the work, mm. having the prolonged effort, prolonged directed slog of effort. That's yeah. the only way you get through is to work through it. And the way you get through that is use your Capricorn gifts, which are <laughs> systems and structures. Yeah, Use your calendars, your lists, use your boundaries use your routines your tried and true rituals develop daily practices develop discipline um develop like kind of um i've i've been recalibrating my relationship to the word discipline and what discipline might mean um and i think it's a it's been a really good exercise of of figuring out what kinds of discipline can be an absolute joy what kind of discipline is um, is freeing, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is also, you know, we have these other facets of Capricorn to consider, not just your work or your output. You're also considering what you want in, in your life, your relationships, in the ways you walk the world and make your commitments in various ways and this is a really good time to one like ward yourself against burnout which happens a lot when you have long slogs mm -hmm. it's sort of like you can think of it as an insurance plan for your future self yep um also think about um what these realistic costs might be and this might sound kind of dry and boring but it you know make it turn it into kind of a, a pleasurable ritual of figuring out what a realistic timeline and, and costs and tasks list is to make these things happen so you can give yourself enough space. Yeah. Uh, because these things don't just kind of like happen overnight. It might take some serious visioning and you can, if you can kind of like stick to a regulated plan before you know it, you'll be there. Also, I like, like I've, I've learned to like get kind of excited about different cycles like and especially once I can start to sense them shifting like when I and I'm I'm not somebody who considers myself very disciplined though I don't think that's actually true it's just like a story I have about myself that I'm like I'm irresponsible I'm so undisciplined and then I like look at the evidence and I'm like no that's probably not true but um you know once I started to sense oh I'm like shifting into this new cycle that seems like somewhat seasonal but also maybe as part of just a larger cycle and i'm like oh i'm kind of excited to like do like really hard work right now uh in all senses um and because i'm also excited for then the part of the cycle because i know at a certain point the cycle is going to change and then there's going to be a lot of newness yeah. um that's like the fruition of this particular cycle 
Should we read some Yumi spells? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, she's got this whole series on Instagram. You can follow her at Yumi Sakugawa. Um, and it's all about discipline and an argument. It's sort of her argument for discipline. So I'm going to read a few of these. Discipline is fierce love for your unlimited potential. Discipline is embodied pure bliss in unfolding toward your greatest truth. Discipline combined with self-love is exalted pleasure, forward momentum, allowing yourself to step into new challenges, new adventures, the new powerful being that has always been within you that is not afraid. And here's another one. Discipline and creative practice can be embodied pleasure. It goes like this. When you feel your body clench up in resistance to doing creative work out of fear or laziness or anything, you allow that feeling to move through your body by paying attention to the sensation of resistance and taking slow, deep, mindful breaths. You pay attention without judgment to all the ways your ego brain spins story after story trying to convince you why you shouldn't be doing your creative work. Your feeling of discomfort is just a temporary state and the best cure forward is forward momentum. As you rise toward your task at hand, you feel the dense energy of resistance transmute and melt away into something like pleasure, maybe even euphoria. The ebb and flow feels something like the ocean waves. And I want to read this one one more time. We read this two weeks ago, but I, I just find it so potent. Discipline is not the antithesis to fun, but can actually create more space for fun, deep pleasure, and intentional rest. Creating discipline and structure and restrictions in your life does not have to be a punitive process. It can be a pleasurable way to express deep love for your highest potential. When you resist doing something that is good for you, you can be curious about how that resistance feels in your body. Breathe in all the activated emotions and allow yourself to feel uncomfortable feelings and sensations while gently daring yourself to cross, cross the threshold from doing something to doing to not do, from not doing something to doing something that is not yet an established habit. You do this multiple times as much as possible. And that is how you destroy your old self and give birth to someone new. And I really love um, this kind of uh, progression that we've been in in the astrological calendar from Scorpio season, which is kind of like the beginning of this deep probing and transformation. Right now we're in the beginning of Sagittarius season, which is all about kind of like getting the bird's eye view, surveying the grounds, Figuring out where you want to direct your energy mm, really mm -hmm. deliberately and intentionally. Sagittarius is about mm. seeing things objectively without attaching any emotion to it. Just seeing what it is laid out, gathering the data in a big picture, drawing those narrative lines between uh, and those narrative relationships between what you want and how to get there. And then Capricorn, that's the hard work, that's the structure, that's the discipline. Yeah. And then as soon as you know, we're in 2020. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah. 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 I feel like I, uh, I was describing my, I, I guess it was what I've started in around 
Scorpio or maybe even Libra season, but like in like maybe I guess it was like mid September, but I had like a series of events that just sort of like yanked the metaphorical rug out from under me and I felt like a cracked egg on the floor and I was like okay I could either like just try to scoop myself up and like glue myself back together as quickly as possible I was like but instead I think I'm just gonna like lay down on the floor and I'm, I'm like curious about this vantage point mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like a cracked egg on the floor it's like Gudetama um, yeah I totally I felt like Gudetama and I was like I was like, I'm just going to like lay here for a little while and I'm going to like explore uh, what this feels like, this particular uh, view. Um, and yeah, I think it ushered in a whole crazy season, uh, which was very good. It was both terrible and amazing. Um, and that was maybe the lesson for me. It was like <laughs> the things are terrible and amazing all at the same time. And that's yeah. okay. And like. That's a pretty concise review of what life feels like. Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. We got some snack scopes for you. Yeah. Um, okay. Sagittarius, it might be cold out, but this isn't a week to get comfortable. Think of dark, cold soil sleeping through the winter. It still needs nutrients to shoot green out of the earth in spring. What will fertilize your dreams right now, even if they take a while to poke through the frozen ground? Those things might feel risky, uh, but lay the path down now. Drink cocoa and listen to pill. We were just talking about all that. Yeah. Capricorn, you secretly love when people want your advice to help fixing something they fucked up. You might sigh and roll your eyes, but it's just a part of who you are. But this is a week to practice using the muscle where you ask other people for help or advice for letting your heart be a little wobbly and tender. Just try it out and see. Eat granola and listen to Future Islands. Aquarius, more than most people, you were born to stretch, to expand, to leap into the void of the future without a safety device. Usually you're so far ahead of the rest of us, uh, you've learned to be comfortable alone. Take this time to think about the partnerships you want to cultivate and how you can be patient with those trying to catch up to you. Listen to Dr. Dog and eat grapes. You can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. Here's some more music for you. This is PJ Harvey with Rid of Me. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm.
When you give to BFF.fm, you're joining more than 800 of your friends and neighbors who also believe in the power of community radio to bring people together. So make your gift today at BFF.fm slash donate. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.
You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard The Stripes with Leaving the Suburbs. Before that was Screaming Females with Zoo of Death. Starting off that set was PJ Harvey with Rid of Me. We have some Scooby-Doo news. (laughs) Sure do. Were you a Scooby-Doo watcher as a kid? You know, as I was reading this, I realized that I have no memory of oh. having ever watched it. But I have, <laughs> I have seen the. I like the the imagery is familiar to me. Like Scooby Doo okay. is a dog, and there's like a smaller <laughs> one, right? There's a smaller dog. Is there? Maybe I don't, I don't think there. Oh, is. there's no. There's not a smaller one. Okay. I okay. Well, just Scooby Doo. <laughs> I think it's just which I actually had never realized until I read this article but makes sense he's a great dane uh which are very dopey dogs i did know that because i i think that's how i learned what a great dane was i think i ever like stopped to think what kind of a dog scooby-doo might be i think there is a smaller dog i i believe you scrappy-doo i just don't remember his son oh scrappy (laughs) is is that his son you know scooby-doo is one of those things that i totally grew up watching but i couldn't like really tell you a lot of the like context of it other than I knew yeah, there was same. the like there's Shaggy who's kind of the stoner of the group there's mm-hmm. like these two kind of like Ken and Barbie goody two shoes and then there's Velma Velma is the one that looks this, like a yeah. hipster right she, well I mean she was the nerd <laughs> yeah, and so like, like you needed so, you know this is sort of like breakfast club archetypes before there was the breakfast club yeah, um, I know that um, I see the imagery. I think I've over the years have seen it a lot kind of like um, remixed for other purposes, memes and for stoner uh, purposes. So I like <laughs> I, I think I have like reading this article made me because re- I, you know, going into it, I was like, oh, sure. I watched that tons of times. And then reading this article, I was like, oh, wait, I have zero memory of the show at all outside these characters. I definitely remember the theme song. Mm-hmm. And there's a bus, right? Or like a van. There is a drive. Van. Yeah. yeah. It's very, I didn't, I didn't realize it's been on since 1969. Mm-hmm. So like this, it makes a lot more sense in the context of a cartoon that came to be in the late 60s. Like you've got your hippie, shaggy You've got the like VW bus fan. Mm -hmm. Um, But what's interesting uh, about this is like the fact that it really did sort of like uh, revive the the trope of the the gothic thriller. Yeah. uh, You know, really popularized by Edgar Allan Poe uh, in the mid 19th century. Yeah. I had like a lot of memories of like the voices. (laughs) You know, yeah, like the character, like specifically Scooby-Doo's voice. Same. Yeah. But I don't (laughs) think I realized until, I mean, I must have just like ingested TV without really having context for it and was just like, oh, funny voices and a dog. I love dogs. Um, I didn't realize it was like a sort of a haunted house. Yeah. Total all the tropes like haunted houses, dark forests, full moons, ghost towns, deserted museums. A lot of horror, but then it was also really funny too. Yeah, you know, so you had this sort of like comedy horror going on, mm-hmm. um, and it had kind of a gag, uh, right? Yes, like, 
the, there would be sort of a um, ghost hunters vibe to it. <laughs> and then you'd find out at the end that it wasn't ghosts or hauntings at all. And it was like, oh, there's just a broom that's casting a shadow <laughs> behind this yeah. curtain. <laughs> Which is kind of an interesting parable for... Um, you think about like what else was going on in the late sixties, it makes me think of like the Manson stuff and how LSD. There was a, like a sort of dark Cold War under, was on the way. Yeah, a dark undercurrent to like the lightheartedness of the sixties or like the expansive belief in like something better. But that yeah. there was like actually like a really dark heart beating underneath it all. Yeah, and it um, was also a very counterculture kind of era and it feels like um that always gets conflated with some kind of like scare. Yes. You know, in the news. I also like the shout out to, um, I studied a lot of like romantic Gothic literature in college. And I read a lot of, uh, it was this philosopher, Edmund Burke, his philosophy of the sublime where he's like, there's something about um, like vast nature or like dark, like dark forests that like, scare the fuck out of us because we it's like beyond our human comprehension in a lot of ways um and so that's like a big trope actually in scooby-doo is like nature sort of invoking this terror uh of the imagination you know what um movie did that so well this may have been a little bit i don't know if you saw this in the theater if it was before your time the blair witch project so i didn't but <laughs> fun fact when I was in the theaters, I have these two cousins that I just saw over the holiday break. Uh -huh. One of them is visiting, they're sisters. One of them is visiting from New Zealand. They used to live in somewhere on the East Coast. And one of the actresses in the Blair Witch Project was one of their classmates. Oh. And I think I must have been early in elementary school. And I remember them telling me like, oh, yeah, one of our friends is like in the Blair Witch Project. It's really cool. And I told someone at school that, and they were like, oh my God, that is so tragic. Because they thought it was real. They <laughs> oh, were yeah. like, this is like a real, like, and I was like, no, she's an actress. It's a movie. I hadn't seen, I still yeah. haven't seen it. But I just, I remember like, that was like so horrifying to the well, people I told. <laughs> it was such a strange time because I don't think a movie like that could get made now because pe people are too savvy. You know, like we already don't believe anything we like see on the internet. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of this last innocent time, like where you could do kind of weird viral marketing of a movie in an underground way that may would make people believe this was because a lot of people believed that was real because it was ostensibly like found footage, right? Of this like camping mm -hmm. trip. And now it's like, we're all too smart. We're like, yeah, whatever. This is a total like marketing scam or, um, but it like fun fact. Oh, go ahead. Um, it really, but really I saw it in the theater. I think I was too way too small yeah, to and like it was, be allowed to see that in the theater. But but what the, what's that? Seen it. What that movie does so well in a like sublime way is like you don't actually really see anything in the movie because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's all like handheld cameras and they're camping and it's dark and like it's all the suggestion of what's there versus like what's actually there which is really what a lot of the scooby-doo sort of uh you know mystery is in a lot of ways uh, fun fact though about uh this actress 
Heather Donahue. Yes. She has since become a writer and a mer- medical marijuana grower, oh. and she lives in Nevada City. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. I will say that movie made me not want to camp for many, many years. Oh. Not want to go camping. Um, but yeah, so Scooby-Doo. Uh, <laughs> Who knew? Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Conjuring up the the eternal gothic in their psychedelic van to deal with questions of the supernatural. They were, you're right, they're like proto ghost uh, ghost bros, yeah, ghost adventures, totally ghost proto stoned ghost bros. All right, some more snackoscopes. Yeah, uh, let's see, Pisces. Uh, it's the kind of week where the skies are unchanging, a constant gray or white that right might remind you a little bit of your current mood. Don't get trapped in the claustrophobia of believing you'll never find your way out again. Close your eyes and imagine the complete opposite of your surroundings, all expansive and warm. Listen to Mazzy Star and eat ramen. Aries, you might hear a weird hum all around you this week and search for something to switch off. But the hum is coming from you. It's all the bright, bold energy inside you that's buzzing to get out, to take shape, to be born into something solid and true. The things that can emerge from you can show up fully formed if you're ready. Eat peanut butter and listen to Destroyer. Taurus, you like seasons because they signal beginnings and endings, cycles of sowing and harvesting, full circle, closure. Yet it's easy to just go through the motions without asking why. As the season shifts into winter, take a deeper look at the practices you have around moving from one emotional season to the next. Listen to Teen and Eat Fried Chicken. And you can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. For some more music for you, this is Jenny Vall with Hi Alice. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm.
You are listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard The Three Degrees with Collage. Before that was Sharon Van Etten with I Told You Everything. Starting off that set was Jenny Haval with Hi Alice. We have a little bit of wolf news. Uh, first, it was, I think it was last week, November 23rd is um the day that uh a viral holiday created by a child is celebrated it's called wolfanoot 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 what uh what happens on wolfanoot so the seven-year-old made up this holiday that is a movement to benefit dogs and wolves Aww. it happens it happened for the first year on november 23rd and it happens uh every year so at the beginning of uh I think it happened on a full moon, but oh, it's also kind of apt. the beginning of Sagittarius season. Um, Wolfenute is a um, celebrates the spirit of the wolf who brings and hides small gifts. Um, if people who have have had or are kind to dogs or wolves or wi- wild canids get better gifts than anyone else. You eat roast meat because wolves eat meat, and <laughs> and eat a cake decorated like a full moon. And I guess it went viral. He's uh, from New Zealand, and now I let more seven-year-olds uh, create holidays. Yeah, I, I'm. All these celebrations just sound lovely. Yeah. So if you uh, came across the hashtag Wolfenute uh, last week, I'll now be you celebrating will know. Next year. Yeah. Now you will know. Now that I know. Um, but another wolf spirit uh, to mention is. Um, I think I found this like a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh, I, I really want one of these. It's um this ancient sculpture of a pagan deity that is just referred to as the wolf god of wood eaten. So it's this black stone sculpture and uh, this wolf is like most of the way done with swallowing a human. Sure. <laughs> so there's a limb dangling out. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty you know, metal, man. I love it. Slurping it up like yeah. a noodle. Um, it's shrouded in mystery. There's kind of no kind of written record around who or what this god was. It's found in Oxfordshire, in a village called Woodeaton in the 1800s. And uh, it suggests that this was made sometime during the Roman, Roman occupation between 43 to 410. It's very old. Um, we don't know very much outside of the fact that wolves were a pretty important symbol to Romans. Uh, Rome was supposedly birthed by um, a she-wolf. And that there was also a wolf lord known as Cuno Maglus, oh. um, who was a sort of, there are a number of secretive cults around. Um, wolves are associated with um, death, the underworld, darkness, goth stuff, you know. So it might have been a, a burial or kind of underworld underworld deity. I think oh. um, a couple of related deities um, include uh, Cerberus, who mm-hmm. guards uh, the gates of hell, and also um, Anubis, who uh, kind of deals with the, the gateway to the underworld in the Egyptian um, pantheon. So I also, to describe this, since we're not a, a visual medium, 
<laughs> my first thought when looking at it until you told me it was like a wolf eating a human with like a human limb dangling in it. I was like, this looks like a dog who, who knows that it's eaten something it's not supposed to and its owner is about to yell at it. It's like, what, me? This thing hanging out of my mouth? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it just there's something about, like, in its face that has that, like, what? Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just a sock. <laughs> it definitely yeah. does not contain a no, foot. Not, yeah, no. Oh. No. Like, because it's, like, the body language of the wolf is just, is, like, kind of obedient. It's just, yeah, you know, it's or just, just like, no, don't mind me. <laughs> Yeah. That's, yeah. If you yeah. ever owned a dog, you're, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, what? my cat does that too. Yeah. It's that sort of like, who me? Could it be? Yeah. But I feel like dogs have more, maybe this is probably a projection. Dogs like have more shame, you know, where like they, mm. dogs seem to like know when they've done something bad and cats are just like, oh, fuck you. My cat, <laughs> Your cat seems knows. to. <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily shame, but okay. sometimes she looks embarrassed. Oh, interesting. So my cat never seems embarrassed. She's just very annoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by humans interfering with her routines, my cat. And her lifestyle. Yeah, my cat is secretly a dog. I think <laughs> she's like trapped in a cat body. Yeah, I've had I've had some dog like cats for yeah. sure. We've also got some moon news. Yeah, this is great. This is in the about trilobites. Also, this led me down like I like whoever this is from the New York Times. Um, some of these other like related articles have great titles. The one we're going to read is about these two moons doing a, a choreography. Um, but what I loved is like uh, it's the solar system's most distant object. Astronomers named it Far Out. <laughs> so Scientists are such dorks. Um, <laughs> That's like the little bit of pleasure you can I know, squeeze I into know, a very true. exacting. I totally you know. get it. Yeah, so Neptune uh, is considered the loneliest planet in the solar system. Um, though maybe it enjoys its solitude. Um, it's an icy giant. Uh, it's the only planet we can't see with the naked eye. We've only paid it a single visit. Oh, um, that's right. We've cut out Pluto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm like... Oh, that's not true. Yeah, we Wait, divor- we, we've um we've divorced Pluto. We've divorced Pluto. Um, Pluto's still invited. <laughs> it's true. So, and it ha- uh, Neptune has a handful of moons. Uh, its fourteenth moon was offic- only officially detected in February, and little is known about most of the others. Um, so scientists have kind of cobbled together some observations about it, and they've unearthed a curious quirk of its two innermost moons, Naiad and Thalassa. Um, they are engaged in a dance routine that has never been seen in the cosmos coming to an intergalactic uh, TV network near you. You know, sort of like Dancing with the Stars. This is going to be Dancing with the Moons. Um, so uh, this one. Uh, it's like a tango. Yeah. I think it, they're very closely locked. And, but they're doing uh, something weird. I like that this is an official quote from... Uh, an expert in solar system dynamics that they are doing something definitely weird. Yeah, there, there's a wobble to these orbits that um, form a kind of sinusoidal wave. Whoa. And um, they manage to be locked in, in this dance and not collide. And there's a, a good kind of New York Times gif that you can watch at the top of this article that, that shows how the movement 
is uh, charted over time. I also like how obvious it is that the writer of this article just looked at the thesaurus for different kinds of dances. And so I think I'll call it, it's called a strange salsa and also a repetitive cha-cha, mm. which like I think a dance nerd would quibble with because those are two different dances. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, weird, weird stuff going on in outer space. This reminds me um, of a recommendation uh-huh. I give to all our listeners um have you seen donald in mathematic land no it's uh uh let me look this up real quick so i know when it's from it's a it's a disney i was uh, gonna say this sounds like a disney thing it's a disney film from 1959 i have seen this you've probably seen it as a kid as a kid yeah Yeah. i hadn't seen it in like over 10 years Mm -hmm. but it's um it's beautiful and it kind of like captures all these really um, beautiful uh, kind of demonstrations of math in our world. And I watched it last night for the first time in probably like a decade. And I was like, oh, did you learn it's any as new- delightful as I remember? Did you learn any new math? I feel like that's probably where all my math. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I don't, I didn't learn any new math, but I was delighted by it. Yeah. And I, I think I was surprised at how much of it I had forgotten about, like the delight, the little delights in it. Um, it's it's very soothing and um, comforting to watch. And um, but there were also what I will say that I, I thought was like new was there's this whole part about the golden ratio, <laughs> and there were parts of that where I was like, mm, that's kind of a stretch, Disney. Oh, and so that was like they needed the only like a map. Fact checker. Well, no, not that. It's just like the golden ratio is kind of seen as this universal marker of beauty and aesthetic, but that's like not really true in most of the world. It's like kind of yeah um, centered on a very specific period of Western art and oh, culture. Yeah. So there were some things that they were trying to fit to the golden ratio where I was like, mm, I don't quite buy that one. Interesting. <laughs> but um, it is a pretty fascinating ratio and the Greeks were quite obsessed with it interesting but there's a whole lot of um great math content I'm gonna I need you're afraid of math I'm very afraid of math so I'm gonna review I love math uh (laughs) and a last bit of outer space news astronomers have discovered a black hole three times larger than researchers thought possible so it's so large it theoretically should not exist but it does uh, which makes me wonder, like, what else exists that theoretically should not exist? Um, that just means we have to modify the theory. Yeah. To, but it makes me wonder it. all the time. It's like, it's like the other week when I was saying I learned how to draw hands. And I was like, what else do I think that I don't know how to do that I actually <laughs> could probably do? Probably a lot. Uh, I'm holding myself back with my own theories as, you know. As we mm. are with black holes. Well, I don't think that scientists hold back given their theories because theories, part of the scientific process right. is that you're constantly you're testing. rewriting yes. your theories. This and theories true. are only so good as they are disproven. Yeah. When, they, when you have things that adhere to it, the theory stays on the table. But that doesn't, you can't prove a theory by finding examples for it. That's true. I'm just like being, a really fascinating, I'm just being um, scientific, overly poetic. Um, well, I think science is 
pretty po- poetic. No, it's very too. poetic. I just yeah, especially with like considering yeah. that theories aren't set in stone. Right. Working theories are a way to kind of like guide forth. Yeah. But keeping that sort of like negative capability, right? Yeah. Like that's a uh, John Keats. It is. Yeah. Ne- negative capability is a way of staying open despite having you know a no pursuit yeah. yeah a pursuit yeah yeah very true okay i'll do some more snackoscopes gemini this is a good time to do something a little wild and weird which should be easy for you what are you feeling itchy for right now get on a bus going in a direction you've never been put on a wig and sing karaoke alone what do your other selves the ones you've kept politely muted have to tell you Listen close and take notes. Eat tempura and listen to helium. Cancer, this is a good time to notice the shifting light in your space to trace the shapes of the new shadows. Uh, They create as though they are divinations of your future and what you might want to bring into the dark of winter. Think about the ways light and shapes have things to teach you about what it means to be a person in the world. Eat a muffin and listen to Sun Ra. Leo, although you might want to take center stage right now, this is a better time to be a supporting character in someone else's life. How can you inhabit that role fully? What does it mean to show up for someone, to hold up the spotlight to their best angles and allow them to shine? You might find it enriches your own experience. Eat cheese and listen to Beirut. And you can tweet at us at Witch Radio. We're also on Instagram at Witch Radio. We're going to play another short set and we'll be back with our last set of Snackoscopes. This is Malaria with Your Turn to Run. I will be your only one. You're listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm.
snakes crawl Babies fall Cars crash Heads bash Listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour on BFF.fm, Best Frequencies Forever. You just heard Bush Tetras with Snakes Crawl. Before that was Malaria with Your Turn to Run, I'll Be Your Only One. And we have arrived at our last set of Snackoscopes. Virgo, you may feel the urge to overcheck everything in your life a million times this week, but see if you can learn to let it go. This might be a good time to do a little internal assessment of how much energy you spend fretting over things that can't be changed. Think back to the things in your life that turned out good enough. Did the sky fall in? Eat Doritos and listen to Stereolab. Libra, what is a tired old story you tell yourself about yourself? Where did the story come from? Consider the ways this story has dictated your behavior and choices. Then consider that you are the story's original architect and author. You've written all the details and characters. What if your story had a different ending? Try writing it. Eat hummus and listen to Angel Olson. Scorpio, you've been through the worst of it by this point. Descended to the darkest depths where it feels cold and alone. Yet if anyone knows how to be reborn without trailing the corpses of the past behind them, it's you. 
Look around you for what is tangible and real, for the lamp posts that will light your way forward into something new. Listen to Y Oak and eat cereal. And it's Giving Tuesday, so if you feel inclined, try uh, going over to bff.fm and uh, drop us a donation. You can make it out to Astral Projection or to the station as a whole, and it keeps us on the air because we're all kind of co-op volunteer run here, donation run. Um, We're also having a um, holiday party in a bit. Yeah, come by. Come through. Yeah, come by through the Secret Alley. Uh, there's a bunch of prizes. I think we have a pretty special witch pack this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Um, and I also want to give a shout out to Queer Magic Makers, which is happening this Sunday. It's over in Oakland. If you want to buy um, witchy goods or get a tarot or astrology reading from uh, some queer East Bay witches, so head on over there. Inez. Ixkerda, who was on a few weeks ago, will be tabling. Yeah, and she's a bunch amazing. of other people um, that uh, you'll love the work of. And we are going to leave you with uh, one from Tubeway Army. It's called Praying to the Aliens. You've been listening to Astral Projection Radio Hour. Next up is the Hanging Garden Radio Show. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.